You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to site. We've got uh, some position rankings up there for you, some things to look at, uh, my quarterback reality rankings there at Sporting News, as well as anything you need to know to catch up from the long offseason free agency in the draft and beyond there. Check it out at SportingNews.com. We're going to do a new series here looking at the pressing training camp questions for every division in the NFL here as uh, just around the corner here prepping for the NFL season. We're losing a little bit of the preseason, so camp takes on more importance than ever before. Before we dive into our first division, we'll look at the AFC East. i got to tell you that this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. And tell them Locked On sent you. So, as we said at the top, we're going to go through eight divisions here. We'll go east to west, AFC first, and then NFC. We'll tackle the four teams uh, in the AFC East here in the first show. The Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets. And we'll do that same drill for uh, all the teams when it's all said and done here over the course of the next uh, couple weeks plus here. Unlocked on fantasy football. So good stuff, content to bridge the gap from the quietest part of the NFL offseason to hopefully what will somewhat feel like a normal training camp as we get ready for the 2020 season. So let's dive right into the first team. And this team has quite a few questions here in uh, 2020. That's the Buffalo Bills. They had a very strong fantasy football season last year. John Brown turned out to be very valuable as a wide receiver coming over. Devin Singletary was good down the stretch here as a rookie uh, with Frank Gore kind of being uh, phased out a little bit. Gore was still a factor in the running game, but Josh Allen solidified himself as a QB1 because of the running baseline. He threw the ball well as well with Brown and uh, Cole Beasley in there. And uh, they remixed the offensive line as well. So a lot of investment in the improvement for the Bills offense. It really paid off there and. 2019. Now, what did they do for an encore in 2020? Now, Allen has a pretty good floor established with the running. We hope that his passing gets a little bit better, accurate thrown downfield, using uh, the weapons he now has with Brown, Beasley, and newcomer Stefan Diggs. You figure Dawson Knox, the tight end, will uh, be more involved. So the biggest question, it was a bit of a question last year, but now that question needs to be answered here in uh, 2020. How good can Josh Allen be? And to really uh, take advantage of these weapons because uh, they're myriad weapons. And you look at Singletary, he's a very good receiver out of the backfield as well. Knox, a promising end tight end. Tyler Croft looking healthy this year to help as the second tight end with some uh, veteran receiving receiving uh, experience from the Bengals. And then three receivers legitimately in perfect roles here. Diggs, field stretcher, big playmaker. Can also work in the middle of the field, uh, finish some drives in the red zone. John Brown. Pretty savvy route runner, he, uh, uses his size uh, and speed, quickness well to get open uh, all over the field. 
he's maybe more the possession guy with Diggs being the home run hitter to complement Brown. And Beasley pretty much dedicated the slot, but uh, there was a good chemistry between Beasley and uh, Josh Allen, much like there was between Beasley and Dak Prescott and Tony Romo with the Cowboys. So Diggs primarily is going to play on the outside. you got a guy that uh, is going to put up some uh, big games, uh, yards, uh, per catch are going to be very high for Stephon Diggs. So it's very important that they establish these other receivers and Josh Allen has confidence and a good connection with Diggs downfield. And that can change the whole game because it opens the field up for Beasley, the running backs there, Singletary, and uh, Zach Moss, the rookie from Utah, and also the tight ends here. So it could open the door for big, big production from Josh Allen. We know Josh Allen the early comparisons in his career have been to Cam Newton, big dude who runs around uh, with reckless abandon sometimes, but he's very determined and a strong, powerful runner, big arm, but he just has to get the accuracy, harness that energy, and uh, being able to get it downfield more accurately and efficiently. So that's going to be the big question mark. I mean, for reality, that's big for the Bills' chances if they're going to emerge as the new team to beat in the AFC East, but on top of that, uh, just Allen uh, taking that next step as a fantasy football player, instead of just being solid uh, QB1, maybe gets in the top five there with his passing if the touchdown pass is going to go up. And you figure Diggs increased that potential when, again, you're around the 20s last year, the low 20s there for Allen. I don't think this team wants to certainly open things up and go wild throwing the ball. The weather's also not conducive to this in November and December, and we could be playing later in the season than expected here, especially playing in the AFC East and having home games in Buffalo. So they want to be grounded, play off their defense. Moss certainly helps to that end to support Singletary as fresh legs here come in the Bills. But certainly everything points around Josh Allen. There's been an ultimatum put on Josh Allen to earn that next big contract by both Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. They put everything in place for him. The line should be even better this year with some uh, cohesiveness from last year. So the protection should be slightly better. The weapons are certainly upgraded. There's uh, some more home run ability to compliment Allen here. So again, we don't want him to be too much improved as a passer because that's going to take away his running. I don't think they want to cut that down too much. He's proved to be pretty durable here early in his career, and that's a key element. I mean, he's just mobile, athletic, can uh, make things happen and change games, his ability to extend plays and uh, scramble for key yards. So we don't want them to take it away too much, but certainly uh, balancing that out will be uh, being able to get the ball downfield, pass it a little bit more effectively with Diggs in the mix. And I figured Diggs, we've talked about this a little bit, his role has to be primarily outside because Beasley has to be in the slot to work the middle of the field and if they use the, the tight ends and all that good stuff. So Diggs can go inside if needed so they could have that wrinkle in their offense in uh, certain sets here. But uh, Diggs known for his big playability and a little underrated for what he can do in short uh, passing situations near the goal line. So again, uh, Diggs-Allen, that combination, when you go out and trade for Diggs, give up a first-round pick, you expect your quarterback to uh, react and respond accordingly. And that's what the Bills will be doing here in 2020. And camp is going to be a crucial one for Josh Allen. All right, so there you have a look at the Bills. A lot going on there as uh, they try to push forward into the top echelon of NFL offenses. Uh, we'll get into the rest of the teams 
in our final two segments here. But we told you to the top that this episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by Rock Auto. Well, we have to tell you a lot more about Rock Auto, that's for sure. It's uh, really hard now to find the parts you need at the right price uh, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models for your car or truck. It, and uh, if you go to a store, the counterman is going to have a lot of difficulty finding the part you need quickly and uh, at the most affordable level. And uh, we know that uh, those uh, retail stores do not uh, give you everything you need to take care of your car or truck. Well, that's not going to be an issue at rockauto.com. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. They have everything from engine control models and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same Regardless if you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional, why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on and how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. rockauto.com We'll be right back here to look at the pressing questions facing the Dolphins and Patriots going into 2020 NFL training camp. All right, uh, let's uh, continue the show. We did an in-depth dive into the Bills and uh, Josh Allen being their core question for training camp. The one for the Dolphins, uh, let's keep this one simple. It's who's going to start at quarterback here for the Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tua Tagovailoa. So sticking with the quarterback theme here, we know the backfield is in better shape here with Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. They didn't draft a wide receiver here, so Devontae Parker and Preston Williams are your uh, top wide receivers. So nothing of a note there to worry about with the Dolphins. Actually clear-cut with some of the moves they made. Uh, also uh, found some uh, direct replacements for their offensive line. But it comes down to quarterback here. Are they going to trust Tua Tagovailoa to start? Is he going to show that he's healthy enough? It's been a tough offseason, we know, with uh, COVID-19 for guys uh, coming off injuries or having some durability concerns to prove healthy and they are to their current teams. Tagovailoa had that mystery, but it didn't keep the Dolphins uh, from drafting him high in the first round. They were still confident, kind of created a smokescreen where we thought, okay, the Dolphins might pass, the Chargers might get him, but that didn't happen. They were all in on Tua as they were early when it looked like the Dolphins might be the number one team picking in the draft with the worst record and Tua would be the bonafide number one overall pick before the rise of Joe Burrow. So Dolphins and Tagovailoa have been attached and interested in each other for a while. Now Fitzpatrick, you can't discount him at all because he really came through, played well. They finished very strong down the stretch because of Fitzpatrick spraying the ball around, namely to Parker. So he's a good bridge quarterback. He's under contract for one more year. There's no rush, reason to rush Tagovailoa to action here, given that the uh, Dolphins don't look to be a contender. They're a big long shot to even make the playoffs. So in that sense, Fitzpatrick is a good journeyman, uh, can handle what's there. He proved last year he was effective. The only issue is uh, how does he respond in the offense, and that actually helps him as well because they go away from Chad O'Shea, the former Patriots quarterback assistant, to Chan Gailey, for whom Fitzpatrick played with the Jets and had a pretty good run of production there. So 
When you look at it, signs are pointing to Fitzpatrick holding the keys to his offense early, which will be good news for Parker and Williams while uh, Tagovailoa learns and develops and takes his lumps. Here, uh, at some point when the Dolphins are out of contention, you could see them turn away from Fitzpatrick, given he's not under contract for 2021, and turn things over to Tagovailoa. If he has that half-season develop and uh, fully get healed here, then they're more likely to put him out there. So good stuff to consider there. But I would say leaning towards Fitzpatrick because he's capable. Offense he knows, scheme he knows, personnel he knows. While uh, Tagovailoa, everything is new, including uh, getting himself physically fully up to what needs to be done here at quarterback in the NFL. The New England Patriots now have a quarterback battle as well, so it's a pretty clear cut here. I, I think there are some certain things. Uh, how is their wide receiver core going to shake out beyond Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry, Mohamed Sanu, all that. Tight ends, how are they going to use the young tight ends there with, that they got in the draft? And Dalton Keene, Devin Aziazi, how do they fit those guys into the mix? A lot of questions there. Running back, uh, Sonny Michelle figures to be the early down guy, if healthy, still and James White is that receiving change of pace. So that leaves us to the quarterback battle that's now emerged here. Before the question, just uh, before we got into late June, was going to be, what do we get out of Jared Stidham? How much do they trust him? Is Brian Hoyer on standby to be a fill-in? If uh, there are some struggles from Stidham, Hoyer knowing the system inside now, well, that changed with the signing of one Cam Newton. So now it's a Newton-Stidham battle. And again, when Newton signed that insane let him deal only 550000 guaranteed up to $7.5 million in incentives. It was clear that he's going to have to earn the starting job to hit those incentives. And that means uh, in-game starting bonuses, healthy bonuses, being out there and being able to play. So there's up to $7.5 million available. So they're taking a flyer on Cam Newton, but he's well ahead of Jared, or well behind of Jared Stidham, I would say, in learning this offense. Stidham has had Last year as a rookie, fourth-round pick to absorb the offense beyond Tom Brady. Now he's had all of this offseason, knowing that he's probably going to be the successor for Brady. So he's had the opportunity to work with his teammates, throw the ball around. That includes his offensive linemen. They're impressed with him. They respect him. They think he's a smart kid, accurate, with good arm here. But Cam Newton is Cam Newton. If he's fully healthy, it gives you that element of being able to throw the ball downfield with a big arm. And, of course, the elite running ability here. So... You'd say Cam Newton does have a bit of a burden to prove he's healthy and learn this offense in a short order and get out there and uh, perform all around and prove there are no more durability issues. Stitham certainly has an advantage there just to being indoctrinated in already with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick. The personality is also pretty uh, well documented with uh, Stitham where the players kind of can rally around him a little bit in the wake of losing Brady and uh, doing their job for a different quarterback here. So, again, Cam Newton, we'll have to watch this one. It really could go either way. I mean, Cam being healthy is going to put him in the driver's seat to uh, displace Stidham, but they do like Stidham. They gave Cam a calculated contract here. So it's interesting, however. I mean, they already had a backup in Brian Hoyer, and Cam's not the same type of backup. So you would suggest that uh, Newton and Stidham will have a straight-up battle here, and the best man to run this offense is going to win in the end. And, uh... Right now, Cam Newton, if he can run around and make some plays here, complement the running game and the defense, uh, something that he did well in Carolina at his peak in 2015 as the NFL MVP, then you're leaning towards Cam Newton definitely being the starter for the Patriots come week one. It seems silly that Stidham would be the favorite to beat him, but again, time, experience, uh, chemistry, those things can be a big factor 
And uh, certainly, if Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, who are not always trusting everyone, didn't have full faith in him, then you might waver a little bit on Stidham. So it could go either way. I'd say it leans a little bit toward Newton if he's healthy. If not, uh, Stidham is going to be your starting quarterback for the Patriots, at least in week one and uh, until there's any signs of struggles. So there you have a look at now the Bills, Dolphins, and Patriots. They're pressing questions all about the quarterbacks so far. Uh, we'll have to get into the New York Jets to close the show in a moment, but make sure before uh, you uh, get uh, to another podcast network that you're checking out all the great shows on the Locked On Network, and make sure you check out the flagship show here for Reality NFL, Locked On NFL, hosted by Brian Peacock, featuring... Uh, former NFL scout Matt Williamson here on the network. Check it out. One of the many great shows. In addition to our team-by-team and draft shows to talk about NFL all through the offseason for you here on the Lockdown Network. We'll be right back here to wrap up the show looking at the New York Jets and what's uh, their pressing concern for training camp here in 2020. All right, uh, we've talked about the Bills, Dolphins, and Patriots in our AFC East look at the Biggest questions for training camp for all the teams. The Jets, Sam Darnold, we know, is the quarterback. He's shown some flashes, and he's fine there. And uh, we know that the wide receiver core, pretty much Brashad Perryman is replacing Robbie Anderson. And uh, Jamison Crowder still being the go-to guy in the slot. We'll see what Denzel Mims can do. The rookie out of Baylor and trying to make big plays. Tight end, uh, Chris Herndon and Ryan Griffin in the mix here to see if one emerges out of that uh, group to be effective. Well, the question mark is Le'Veon Bell. How much should the Jets trust Le'Veon Bell? Frank Gore was picked up here after uh, staying with the Bills last year. So Miami guy, Miami team he's playing for now. Adam Gaze, good familiarity uh, that uh, they uh, had that connection with the Dolphins. Now he goes to Jets. And three-fourths of the AFC East are now on uh, Frank Gore's resume in uh, coming over. So again, Bell known for his antics in South Florida there, whether he's a Steeler or a Jet, now has to deal with the grand old man Frank Gore as he tries to pound out some more yards. Uh, The Jets have an easy out here with his contract that he signed last year in 2021, so he could be slowly phased out. We're not sure how how much Adam Gaze trusts him. Remember that Adam Gaze won the power struggle. Mike McCagnan, the former GM, was the one who signed... uh, Le'Veon Bell last year. He's since been replaced by Joe Douglas, but Gaze, uh, there were some uh, rumors of a rift there that he didn't totally want to buy into Bell all around. We know he's had a fickle nature with running backs as well. Going back to Miami, think about uh, Jay Ajayi and Kenyon Drake. So, again, Adam Gaze, a uh, hard guy to figure out. Pretty good offensive mind, but does some head-scratching things here, and I think... Uh, the Jets uh, acquiring Frank Gore is one of those things. And they kind of cleaned up their backfield where it's not a lot of a uh, crowd and guys that are there. Like, you know, the past guys we've had in terms of uh, Elijah McGuire, those type uh, of players, uh, those are not in the mix here to cut into the touches. And Bilal Powell and uh, Isaiah Crowell types, those are not here as well. So Kenneth Dixon right now is your number three back in uh, Josh Adams so cast off from the Ravens Dixon and Adams did well for a while with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles there's a power back he's in the mix but uh, when you look at it uh, Dixon more of that change of pace receiving back Adams more big power back at 6'2 225 
So different types of backs. While Gore, we know, has the versatility in the receiving game, kind of built similar to Bell, very productive when he's out there. Last year, look at Gore, 599 rushing yards, only 3.6 yards per carry for the Bills. So he's going to try to build on that. But again, Le'Veon Bell wasn't all that effective running for the Jets either last year. The offensive line is much improved, so that's something. Only 3.2 yards per carry, 789 rushing and three touchdowns for Bell. But the biggest thing that was in Bill's favor last year that kind of made him viable as a fantasy RB2 was his uh, 66 receptions for 461 yards. But you want to see more TDs. That's a concern. Only four TDs last year. Is uh, Gore going to pilfer those? That's certainly going to be something we're going to watch. But again, why Gore is a little bit of a threat here to Bell is that he can do a little bit of everything. Now, is he going to be explosive? That's going to be the difference here. Bell can show that again. He's still a pretty young back. I mean, Frank Gore is uh, definitely ancient in comparison to Le'Veon Bell. Gore is 37 when you look at his wear and tear. He keeps on going, and he's been productive, low to the ground, uh, does his thing. But Bell's still only 28. It seems like he's uh, well past 30 and slowing down. But he came into the league quite young, was uh, productive very fast for the Steelers. So, again, uh, Le'Veon Bell, we have to uh, monitor his workload, I mean, the good news is I think they're very confident that our offensive line is going to be better there with uh, Mackay Beckton at left tackle, George Fant also in the mix, uh, potentially to start up front. They did invest quite a bit in the offensive line, so there's uh, feelings about that and thinking they can be better blocking a tight end and running by spreading the field here in uh, 2020. So that's an uptick for Bell. Having to compete with Gore is a little bit of a cloudy question mark, but everything's there. Bell should be motivated. If he's uh, looking to remain the Jets starting back and not be let go next year and uh, trying to get one more deal from this team, he has to have a very productive season. So Bell, Gore, I like their chances here to uh, battle for a bit until uh, Bell kind of pulls away and uh, emerges with that uh, role. It makes a lot of sense here in uh, 2020 for Bell. And uh, looking forward to uh, him having a bounce back again. But the volume alone, he was able to scratch out some RB2 numbers. So there's definitely potential if uh, the line comes through and he can uh, kind of hold off the threat of Gore for the key touches. Uh, Maintain that high passing game outlet volume here for Bell and uh, get a few more shots of touchdowns. And he certainly doesn't need to do much to expand on his 2019 production in New York. So there you have it. There's a look at the AFC East's most pressing questions, a team-by-team from the Bills to the Jets. Uh, Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Fantasy Football. Now tell your smart speaker to play the most recent episode of Locked on NFL. Have a great day. See you tomorrow with a look at the pressing training camp questions from the AFC North.